Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoiseshack podcast. Just a couple of things before we kick off. We are delighted to welcome the Fresh Batch podcast to the Tortoiseshack and it's available right now on patreon.com forward slash Tortoiseshack and the podcast is coming out shortly. It's with Damien Dempsey and it is an absolute belter. So if you aren't a member, jump on the link that's at the top of the podcast right now. Join us to get access to all of our podcasts in one consolidated feed entirely plea free so you don't have to listen to me plea. But plea I must because it is really, really difficult to stay independent, to stay ad-free, to stay away from corporate interests. And by the way, on that feed, you will hear the podcast we just had with Rory Hearn, who is seeking the nomination with the Social Democrats to run for the European Parliament. Myself and Martin sat down with our friend Rory and we had, I would say, conflict with a small C as to why he's doing it, what his, uh, what his values are and what it means for the future of Reboot Republic going forward. That podcast is available right now on patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. So while you listen to this podcast, please click the link and help us keep going in 2024, which is the year of elections. We are really looking forward to it, but we need your support. We, we absolutely cannot keep going without your support. Independent media matters more now than ever. And yes, we're a small platform, but we punch well above our weight. So one more time, patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Roy Hearn. Delighted to be joined today by a great panel, and we're discussing the upcoming Diversity Not Hate March in this Saturday. Um, and we have Paul Murphy, who is, of course, a TD, very well known to all our listeners. We have Lola Gonzalez, who is a longtime advocate based in Leitrim, standing up for migrants and refugees' rights. And she's involved in the Leitrim International Group. Um, and also by Claire O'Connor, the wonderful Claire O'Connor, uh, community activist and, yeah, overall lovely person. Lola, Claire, Paul, and hopefully we're going to have Stephanie Hanlon as well um, on. Uh, delighted to have you on Reboot today. Oh, great. You're all here. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to go to uh, Lola first. Um, Lola, just in terms of, I suppose, you know, we've seen this rise of the the far right, you know, horrific, um, horrific, you know, attacks on buildings, you know, the, the just... You know, it's really, really difficult times. Um, how do you feel, do you know what I mean, in terms of, you know, a migrant, someone who's in this country, about how, how, where Ireland is at? And, and obviously the other side is, you know, we are organising this march. You know, people who are here, you know, this is solidarity. There's huge amount of welcoming. And the majority of people are actually very welcoming and, and do not want to see this hate. But how do you feel um, in terms of how things are at the moment? Uh, well, living in rural Ireland in Leitrim, uh, when I first arrived, which was in 2015, I did not feel there was a lot of uh, discrimination or racism, at least where mm. I lived in Carrick on Shannon. And I've seen that change over the last, I would say, four to five years. I see more of most of the people here are very welcoming to new Irish communities because I see that every day. I mean, I bring, I also work with the volunteer center. I'm on the board and we bring in together. Irish migrants and refugees working on different projects. So it's essential to see this happening and for everyone to come out and support it so that we can stop this rhetoric uh, from the far right. And, and in terms of the migrant community, you know, we're hearing that people, you know, are feeling, 
you know, actually a sense of uh, fear, really. And, and this is not just something that is, you know, like it's every day they're feeling a sense of fear with, with the rise of this. How, what's your experience of what are people feeding back to you? Yes, I feel that definitely fear is growing within migrant groups because we feel like we could be attacked at any moment or just uh, treated in a racist way if we go somewhere. Um, I know migrants who have been suffering uh, since the riots that happened a few weeks back in Dublin. Uh, it was a scary incident which really alerted the international community here in Leitrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Lola, in terms of what you think broadly needs to be done, what, what do you think... Yeah, what, what's your kind of um, views and, and thoughts on that? Well, for me, I'm always about education. I feel that education helps people understand better, um, you know, cultural differences, uh, the reason why refugees are coming into Ireland. Uh, I think it helps to set the fears aside and to inform people. I think information is very important. Great. Thank you so much, Lola. Thanks. I'm going to go to Claire O'Connor next. Claire, uh, you've been one of the organisers of this march. Um, what's your own sense of where so things, where are, things at are at right, right now? Yeah, well, I think Lola covered it there from a very personal perspective. Like Things have been getting worse for a number of years now. The level of kind of racism, the level of overt racism, the really toxic rhetoric online. We're coming into a real electoral phase for the, the far right in Ireland. Like The, the far right has been a very small number of coordinated bad faith actors for a long time. You know, social media has really played into that. They managed to build really large networks during COVID, which, you know, was re- like it is a, has played a massive part in this. And they they played the kind of social media landscape, landscape really well. But I think one of the reasons why last year's Ireland for All rally was so successful was because it came off the back of, you know, a lot of asylum centres having protests outside them. People yeah. were seeing this really, um, you know, overt racism in their communities there was a sense of danger there was a real sense of fear in the air and people wanted an opportunity to show that that's not what the vast majority of us stand for and also and Lola talked there about like you know education and information there's also I, I really believe in talking about our shared values but also talking about the real issues that are in the country so the likes of the riots you know a huge amount of people involved in the riots that wouldn't know the far right from you know anybody else in politics like actually they're they're what coming into those spaces because of their own frustrations and what's happening in their own community and that's being exploited and co-opted and people are being whipped up and then people are 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 being fed into those spaces and what we don't want and and to be honest there's a load of different issues that would bring them into that space and what we want to do is make sure that people have somewhere to express their very valid anger and frustration at the you know the state of our housing system state of education like the the cost of living crisis like all of these very valid issues that are happening in the country but redirecting that anger to where it where it belongs and that's people who are in positions of power to actually draw up policy to build housing you know the the it's certainly not the fault of asylum seekers or migrants who are an absolute foundation in this country. Do you know what I mean? Like our health health service. And to be honest, that's actually a narrative sometimes that we tend to get into. But there's also the fact that it doesn't matter, matter what anybody does, what anybody works at. All of us have equal value. All of us have, deserve, you know, safe lives with a decent standard of living. And I think that that's the shared value that we all need to come together on Saturday to communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And just, I just on that, the difficulty... <sighs> at some level in trying not to legitimize, you know, the, the, like there are some people clearly been brought into this and, and, you know, it is getting wider resonance. You can see in terms of this rise in, you know, the support for the anti-immigration sentiment showed in the polls. It's clearly still a minority, 
does we can't deny it has grown and you can you know you talk to people around the country you know people who weren't expressing these sentiments you know six months ago a year ago they're now expressing it and, and how do we do you think engage with those and, and i absolutely agree with you it is about saying okay look the problem is not caused by asylum seekers and, and refugees it is you know the lack of investment but i feel we need to find ways to better connect with them and say look you, you know, know, they, you know this, they, is this is not, is not the, the immigrants are not a problem not no, I completely agree. I also think that it's not about dismissing people offhand, which, you know, mm. we can sometimes do, because, again, it's about asking people like what's I think it's one to one conversations a lot of the time. We actually need to really get back to having conversations in our community. This, for me, this is all about community. This happens at community level. So yeah. there's yeah. a huge amount of organizations, national organizations, civil society, trade unions, uh, parties, you know, supporting what's happening on Saturday. But where the change will happen is in communities. It's one-on-one conversations and it's about talking again about the shared values and bringing it back to, when you're talking to someone, bringing it back to like, what what is the issue for you? Like, what's the issue that's actually affecting you? What's making you angry? And then, you know, when you're having that conversation, bringing it to where the issue really lies. And the problem with the far right, the real problem I think is that they offer very easy and I say solutions very don't actually mean solutions, but like the the reasons that they uh, give people are very easy. People, mm-hmm. you know, like it's very easy to engage in. It's very easy. You don't have to like like there's an easy answer in their t- in their terms. It's like lock down the borders. Don't let anybody else in as if that's just going to fix all the problems in the country. And a lot of people are like not as engaged as all of us are in daily politics or in daily, you know, the news cycle or what's happening. And they, you know, it's much easier for these bite sized, really emotionally fueled arguments and fear. People are being driven by fear and whipped up into fear. So all these fake stories we see going out about attacks and, you know, people see these 10 times a day on their feed and like they start to believe it. They start to believe that this is actually what's happening out there. And we know that that's not the case. So I think it's about, I mean, social media literacy is a massive one. Critical, you know, analysis of what's being shared online is a massive one. But myth busting doesn't tend to have the actual uh, results that we think they will and it is yeah. one-to-one conversations it's shared values it's what do we agree on and when you ask somebody like why are you so angry like what's the actual issue that's making you angry at the minute that you're struggling with and really when it comes down to when you have a conversation with most people you'll be able to they'll be able to see that actually who has the power to change that though it's certainly not a family down the road who just wants a home and wants safety you know it, and you talk like if you say to somebody there's enough empty homes in this country to house every single person that's homeless that's an asylum seeker that's a migrant like those actual answers, you know, uh, redirected sometimes as in like, that's not why we have a homeless crisis. It's capitalist greed. It's the fact that, you know, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 If you look at what happened with the Ireland for All march last year, there were tens of thousands of people on the streets. And I think it did have an impact. Um, It Mm. didn't solve the issue of racism or far-right ideas, but it definitely pushed them back. I mean, they were a lot less confident on social media. and They were a lot less just prevalent in terms of organizing things and so on for a number of months afterwards. And I remember at the time, they were they were like you know saying oh all these people here and there's tens of thousands of people they're all just paid by the NGOs you know they were mm. kind of trying desperately to explain why multiple times 
of the any number of people they've been able to mobilize came out in opposition to them it's to say you know ireland should be a welcoming place ireland should be for all we have enough resources in this country to provide decent housing healthcare services for everybody in this country the problem is that the wealth is held at the at the top because i think the impact that it has um, it demoralizes them um, but it also moralizes our side it gives our side the confidence. Like there are good people who know what's been spread by the far right are complete lies. It's not true in every community across the country. Mm. Um, but sometimes those people can feel um, like understandably demoralized because they go on their mm. own TikTok feeds or Facebook feed and they see all this crap and they mm. see some people they know sharing it. But like letting those people know that they're not alone, that yeah. actually we're the majority yeah. in society, gives them the confidence then to have those conversations, which helps to push the far right back. And I think that's that's what it can do, and, and that's what we need it to do. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that's a very good point. You know, it, it, it people feel isolated, and increasingly in the social media world, people feel isolated and disconnected from each other, and of course that's what it's feeding as well. Um, and just on your own situation, Paul, because you've had people target your house and... It has to be extremely difficult, that level of personal um, kind of focus. And how, how do you find that? It's obviously a pain. I mean, uh, they definitely, far right, really, really don't like me. <laughs> There's no yeah. question about that. And they target me re- repeatedly. Um, you know, from my point of view, like, okay, like, this needs to be done. Like, we have a duty to do whatever we can in whatever position we have to tell the truth to ordinary people, you know, Ordinary people elected me to the doll to stand up against the water charges, to stand up against austerity, to stand up against the housing crisis. And I'm not going to be deterred from that by these people telling lies and actually distracting people from the real enemy. Because who ultimately wins from this idea that refugees are to blame from the yeah. housing crisis? It's those who are actually to blame. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the, the corporate landlords are laughing all the way to the bank yeah. whenever people say, oh, it's the refugees. But I also would say, like... Whatever about me, um, I'm a white, uh, heterosexual man who is a TD. Um, I'm not the most vulnerable person in this country by a long shot. Um, and like, I really feel for migrants, people of color, Muslims who are just really in like a horrible spot right now. I mean, like in, in my constituency two weeks ago, um, Dr. Umar al-Qadri mm. uh, was was attacked and he was attacked for being a Muslim and a person yeah. of, of color. Um, you know, that is horrendous. And I think like that does not represent Tala. What represented Tala was the people who came out to stop that attack, to support him, to get him to a uh, hospital. You know, and I think that's, but like since then they've had threats against their uh, mosque uh, to, to burn it down. What happened, people saw what happened in Selbridge the other night where just yeah. a, a lie was spread, you know, horrendous lie about, you know, three supposedly Roma or Romanian or Hungarian men raping a seven-year-old child it's just this is disgusting stuff and it's, it's it's a complete lie and the result was like a gang of 200 people outside chanting deport them pedophiles out like and there's there's families in there who who were faced with actually i was talking to someone they got off the bus down the road and they were walking up they were going to walk into this crowd if it wasn't for people from leaks for all who were down there to say oh there's something going on and to help them in to try and get in in other ways it's horrendous like and anyone who is like right thinking in this country needs to stand up against this this sort of stuff and to try and push it back because i don't believe you know this is not what we're about um it's not what the vast majority yeah. of people see 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Stephanie, um, in terms of the campaign and the, and the march, there's a huge uh, broad section of civil society, political parties um, involved and in backing it. Maybe you could just give us a sense of some of the, the big organizations who are supporting it. Um, okay, so, well, at the moment, we have, I think, over a, nearly 140 organizations um, that are supporting it. A huge amount of community groups uh, from every county, basically local grassroots feminist groups, uh, pride groups, uh, parish groups. And I think that's really important. The Methodist Church of Ireland uh, officially came on board last week to endorse it wholeheartedly. So the entire church. Yeah. And uh, currently, you know, we're reaching out to the Church of Ireland and we have the Quaker movement. We have so many different faith based groups as well who are recognizing the importance of kind of interfaith uh, and intercultural dialogue. And I think Mm. that's the key part about what Claire just mentioned about kind of, you know, uh, looking at our shared and our common values. You know, there's a lot of work that has been done, um, you know, beyond kind of the civil society NGO, the traditional sector in which we'd be like traditionally be looking at, you know, uh, being endorsed by, for example, the National Women's Council, who are, of course, endorsing uh, the Irish Council for Civil Liberties, you know, Doris, the Emerald Council of Ireland, the Irish Network Against Racism. Those are our core allies. Um, and, you know, of course, Movement of Asylum Seekers Ireland, Disabled Women Ireland, I could go on the, you know, Trans Equality Network, Trans and Intersex Pride. We have so many, uh, you know, the the backing of so many fantastic groups. But I think that's also a tribute to the fact that, um, you know, Lakela has been present, um, you know, at times in the last couple of years when communities across the island have really, really needed it. So whether yeah. it's Waterford facing attacks Erlingford, Carlow Town, whether it's Wexford, there are local areas that have been targeted and have needed, you know, support immediately right now. And, um, you know, through that, we were able to build up a lot of really strong, um, you know, relationships uh, based on the recognition, uh, you know, that, you know, if you look at the the, the 23 fires and the four arson attacks um, that have happened, you know, I think, you know, there's a huge amount of those that have happened outside of Dublin. And while people kind of all road lead to Dublin, people can get to Dublin, they can try and support people in Dublin. We have this march in Dublin. There's a lot of areas if we talk about isolation and exclusion. There's people who feel completely and utterly disempowered and disenfranchised. And um, I think it's also a really significant part of Saturday's demo that we're bringing people from every every county and every area across the island but also that people are leaving Saturday with a very, very clear message and a very clear understanding that we can bring that power back to those communities and we can bring that power back to those those areas. And um, so, yeah, to have like, you know, for example, um, Travellers of East Cork, to have, you know, uh, Anti-Deportation Cork on board, you know, and end, uh, Deportation Spellfast. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. It really, really is. Yeah, and that kind of is the, the question then, you know, where do people go after Saturday then? What what happens? Have you sort of ideas around that or suggestions? Yeah, well, one of, the, yeah. Yeah, one of the key parts, you know, as Claire mentioned, we're, in, we're entering into an election period. We're entering into an election era. And last year, you know, Ireland for All, it came about and it was really, really important and it was born of the, you know, a recognition and a need, you know, for a mass movement. And 
while that was really important, there was a criticism and a valid criticism of Ireland for all that we had momentum. And then, you know, it basically, it kind of, it dissipated. Um, mm. And I think that is, that is pretty important to recognize. And it's important that we kind of, you know, work on, on building on this momentum that we have now. Um, and at the same time, you know, one of the reasons that we we really realized that we needed to do this again was because of the nature and the dynamics uh, and the politics of this year. So we are seeing, you know, four new far right political parties being launched. We are seeing more far right candidates with AIM2. We're seeing Ireland first, you know, the People's Party of Ireland, you know, and, and people are making very, very clear attempts to kind of, you know, uh, put a kind of, um, you know, electoral kind of guise on, you know. So this is something, you know, where the far right were traditionally a minority and they still are a minority, sorry, very much so. Um in this case, it, it's it's more of a question of far right ideas taking hold and far right values taking hold in this election. And I think that's extremely, extremely dangerous and it's something we have to address. But most importantly at the heart of that is empowering local areas and communities because that is where the far right are fielding candidates and targeting where there is no option, whether it's either Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael. And if you're lucky, you might have someone from Sinn Féin or Labour. There is no alternative in a lot of small towns and local areas. No alternative at all. And that is exactly where they're stepping in and adapting their language and their actions to whatever people are desperate for. Yeah, yeah. And and it comes back to the, the point of the need for, you know, politics and campaigns and communities and the arguments and civil society to say, you know, we need investment. And Lola, just to, to maybe take thanks, thanks thanks Stephanie to take that up in terms of, you know, the the policies that could change this. Because we know yes, education is absolutely central, but it is also policies around investment in in housing, in community healthcare, like in terms of, for example, your area, what are the kind of key areas that are needed around investment? Uh, uh, right here in Leitrim, we really need investment in housing. There's a huge problem with people trying to find houses, whether it be Irish or migrants or refugees who are living direct provision, because we do have a direct provision center in Ballinamore. And I know a few uh, people there have been having problems where they have to stay in direct provision because they cannot find housing in Leitrim or yeah. other areas. Yeah, absolutely. Paul, I'll go to you just uh, for a last comment in terms of where you see the politics going um, with this and not just the politics, but maybe the wider um, certain extent like this, call it a movement, but you know, is it what? Where, how long is this going to go on for? Like in terms of the the burning of buildings, this level of viciousness. If it continues at this, like people are going to get killed or, or injured, like I, I don't see like it's what's going to happen. Where is this going? Yes, I mean I think that's like it came close, as I understand in in Selbridge a couple of nights ago. There's threats again for about the Selbridge building to like break in on this coming Saturday. Uh, this is a very very dangerous situation. There's no question about it. Um, in terms of how to try and avoid that, so let's not get to that point. Yeah. I mean, two things. One is we try and pressurize the state to actually take this stuff seriously. Um, I mean, like, again, take the example of Selbridge. This false information was circulating for a day and a half, this false allegation, without any statement by the guards to say this is false. And I mm-hmm. accept that, like, you know, normally 
And for good reason, the guards don't comment on every allegation yeah. that there's a crime yeah. about. You know, that's fair enough. Yeah. But in you have to, there is changed circumstances now where this is mm. like, they're tr- deliberately throwing matches onto combustible material and it's very dangerous. So you need a change in terms of that. You need the state to take the threat of the far right uh, and the violence and the arson and so on seriously. Mm. But then the other side... I, I'm it, thinking though that even in terms of like local guards, you know, they don't have the skills, expertise to respond, whereas at a national level, there should be that immediate response monitoring social media around that. You would it, think that's... Exactly. And the local activists tried to contact the guards about this. So they tried to find like, who is the people dealing with the far yeah. right comic? And they were like, yeah. no, no, it's your local station. But if you can't get through to your local station, yeah. what you do, yeah. your local station isn't like equipped to this. Yeah. You do need a national unit that is accessible to people mm-hmm. and that is monitoring things. But then the other side, I think is that like, the truth is that the state is not going to take this seriously enough. That's all the evidence. And therefore things like what we saw with Forza uh, in Cork defending librarians, taking action themselves. Like that is what we, we need to do. People themselves in communities and trade unions need to take steps to like physically defend people and to try and push this stuff back. And I, I do think like we need to directly oppose and confront the ideas and the mobilizations of the far right. But we also need to try to mobilize people on the underlying issues that they are able to tap into. So yeah. like, I think one of the best things that would cut across the far right is if we can redevelop a housing movement, which is engaging on the real issue of over 4,000 children you know, in emergency accommodation in this state, over 13,000 people homeless. On top of that, you've over 1,000 asylum seekers put on the streets by the state. But like pointing that anger at the government, at the corporate landlords and so on. So I think there will hopefully be a major raise the roof mobilization in, in mid-April or so on. Um, and I think that's that's really important that we all get behind and try and push that and try and generate yeah, that energy yeah. and point it in the right direction. Yeah, yeah no, no, I completely agree with that. I think it is the need to focus on the issues and, and the real cause behind the issue around housing and gap investment is absolutely key. Thanks, Scott. Last word to you in terms of your responses to some of that and kind of the overall conclusion to, you know, especially people to come out on Saturday. Yeah, I was I was going to say one other thing, but I mean, it would not be me at all to be encouraging a guard response to anything, but I will say I was at the, like I was at the incident that happened in Parnell Square and it was as clear as day that that was going to, what was going to happen there that night. It was clear as mm-hmm. day that that was going to turn into a really bad situation. And the the guard response on the day was non-existent. Do you know what I mean? And I think that it, it the, the response the next night, it took for the actual guards themselves to be attacked before we saw a guard response. Like we all knew that this has been, ha- like this kind of thing has been coming and has been happening for years now. And I think that it was, that was a real example of, um, they had the opportunity to kind of shut that down before it even started and they didn't take it. And I think it was only when it was actually the guys themselves affected by the far right that we saw any kind of real coordinated response. But what I was going to mention as well, obviously we have a massive amount of mobilising and organising at the minute because of what's happening in Palestine. Yes. A a message that's kind of additional this year to our message in last year is an anti-war message. And it's like, so, and it ties really into what we're seeing now because like Israel is a fascist state. It is the purest example of what happens when fascism goes unchecked at the minute in the world. So we're at that kind of early stages of seeing an electoral far right starting and mobilising. We're seeing the harm in the communities. We're seeing, you know, the most marginalised people in communities being attacked and being threatened and feeling unsafe. We have a very real example in Israel of where that leads us. And 
back to Paul's point about getting people active, like there's people active who've never been involved in, in solidarity movements, in activism before. And I think linking all these issues together is really important because it does all come back to the same thing. So, yeah, I just think, um, you know, we have we expect huge numbers out in the streets on Saturday. I would encourage anybody who's never marched before, who's never got involved in activism before, to come along. It's going to be a re- like last year was such a family friendly atmosphere. It really was. It was we have, yeah, and a lot of the same musical contingents are going to be there. You know, we have drummers, we have musicians along the like. It's just it's a beautiful. It's very much what we stand for, and I think I'd love people to really understand that and come in because a huge amount of work has gone into make sure that there's a real collective safety as well in that. I know last year because of how how bad things were some people were afraid and nervous to come in which yeah. is yeah. totally understandable but I think anybody who was there last year would encourage anybody to come because it was the most amazing uplifting day of solidarity and again showing what we stand for so I just think anybody listening to this that's maybe nervous you know reach out to anybody you know that's gone like reach out to the Kayla account because we can there's people Pals for Palestine in his example it's a, it's a, it's a concept that Kay O'Dwyer came up with and it's specifically for people who don't have anybody to go to a march with who don't have anybody in activism who don't know anybody and I think like hundreds of people come together now at the marches that don't know anybody else and then they bring back people the next time so that is how we build a movement that's movement building and you know so if that's you maybe have a look for Pals for Palestine because that's a block that will be there for new people and then you'll meet a load of other people in anti-racism anti-fascist housing spaces like all of these different things so yeah just hopefully see you there on Saturday yeah, yeah. listen Lola Paul Claire Stephanie thank you so much for all uh, for all of you coming and I really just echo those sentiments there it is so important we do um, you know what we can and it is that coming together and showing and, and there is always a power you know in people mobilising and you know we see it all the time and from farmers to whoever you know when people get together and it demonstrates it shows something and we will be sending a very clear message um, in terms of the Ireland that we want to see and, and the Ireland that we know exists exists as well and that's really really important and um, that you know we do communicate that that actually the majority overwhelming majority of people do not agree with the far right and actually want an Ireland uh, for all and an Ireland with decent public services but also then as you have said very clearly we need to keep the focus on that a lot of people are excluded right now and do not have access to services housing healthcare that they should have um, and we are absolutely standing with them and of course the point being that the far right will answer nothing that will not address one of those issues um, and haven't done um, and so therefore we need alternatives to, to progress that so listen thank you so much for all your work you're putting in on Saturday and on Palestine we really appreciate it I know our listeners do too and best of luck and thank you so much all of you and to our listeners thank you so much we are independent media produced by Tony Groves Tortoise Shack um, if you can please consider becoming a patron go over to patreon.com patreon.com forward slash Tortoise Shack thank you so much thank you for, for your, all your feedback on my wonderful news on my journey starting somewhere that nobody knows where it's going to end up but hopefully it will uh, go well and um, yeah anyway listen thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you all very soon 